waiting on me. All right. Good evening, everybody. Good to see you here in the house of the Lord. And trust that you've come to worship Him in spirit and in truth. Um, real quickly, I want to remind you of the announcements coming up. Uh, April the 15th, uh, this coming Saturday at 8.30 in the Fellowship Hall, men's breakfast. So if you can, come and be here for that. I believe you'll be blessed uh, for that. And then April, Tuesday, April 18th at 6 o'clock, uh, Heart to Heart is meeting in the Fellowship Hall. And uh, I don't know about what arrangements have been made or need to be made, but I'm sure that information should be coming. Uh, Miss Carrie Turpin from here at our church, her and her uh, friend Steve, they come, and, and her daughter Jacqueline, and come, they come quite often. Uh, she's going to be ministering uh, to the ladies, and I do believe, I can't, Leanne Hart will be helping with the, the worship as well. So, and prime timers, uh, this April 29th, uh, over here at Romans, we're gonna we're going to try to spread Jesus to to Long Grove in, in these places. Uh, it was a nice young lady had the idea said if we're gonna reach out and touch people, we probably ought to start in our own community. And it's like okay, so we sound like a good idea. So we're going we're trying to do that. So if you can come and join us, and uh, I believe you'll be blessed. Uh, probably Faith will have a sign up sheet sometime. This Sunday, she says there will be a sign-up sheet just to let us know how many are going so we can call them enough ahead of time so they will have an idea uh, about how many are going to show up. And, and they, it helps them, trust me, it helps them. Uh, I'll tell you a quick story. I was working at school. We were going to go, about three of us were going to go get our CDL test down at Lawton. We took one of the school buses, and we stopped at the little, at that time it was Carl's Jr. in Purcell, you never seen such a look of scared, petrified, oh no. Because <laughs> they thought they was fixing to get inundated with a busload of kids. And we walked in and, and, and our, our uh, uh, transportation director says, no, it's just the four of us. And the, those people, those kids were you can just see the relief. I mean, so, you know, so it helps if you got a big group. This just for not for church people. Anyway, if you got a big group going somewhere to eat out, let them know how many's coming. They they would appreciate it. And I believe it'll 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 say much for us as well. So remember these announcements. Let's not let's not forget church Sunday morning and Sunday night and just come expecting God to do wonderful things in our hearts and our lives. Let's stand together and go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, I think we'll take prayer requests here in just a little bit, but let's just uh, invite the Lord's presence here in this place and just ask Him to touch and move in our hearts and lives as we worship Him, as we study His Word, uh, that God will just touch us and minister us and that we'll go out of these doors and out of these, out of these four walls and to touch the world around us with our neighbor, our family, our friends, those that we come in contact with. They need Jesus. So let's pray together. Father God, as we come to you tonight, Lord, we are grateful and we are thankful, Lord God, for the privilege again and the opportunity of being in your house. Father, we are just so grateful, Lord, for all that you do for us, Lord, for all that you uh, mean in our hearts and in our lives. And Father God, we are just so appreciative, Lord, of all you do. Most of all, Father God, we thank you 
for the, your presence in our lives each and every day. Father God, if we are born again, if Jesus is Savior and Lord of our life, your word says that you never leave us nor forsake us. You are with us through the good times, through the bad times, through when everything is going okay and it may not be great, it may not be terrible, but Lord, in every situation, you're there with us, and we thank you, Lord God, for that because in your presence is everything that we need as for people uh, that we need for life and for godliness to live in this present day and hour that we are alive, to show forth the praises of him who has called us out of darkness into his glorious light, to show forth his life and his love and his power so that the world may know through us that Jesus loves them and that he cares for them and he wants to be a part of their hearts and their lives. Lord God, Holy Spirit, we ask you to have your way in this service today, tonight, Lord God, and just do what you want to do in us, for us, and through us, Father, that we can take what you give us tonight and take it out to the world in which we live with us and be able to minister to the hearts and lives of others. Lord God, all this we ask for you in the name of Jesus. We ask it for your honor and your glory and your praise, Father, in Jesus' name. And they all said, Amen. Let's join Sister Julie.
God, we need you more today than we did yesterday. Lord, more than the air that we breathe, more than the song that we sing, more than my next heartbeat, Lord, more than anything. Jesus, you are our all in all. You are all we need you to be every hour and every day of our lives. And Father, we just give you honor and glory and praise and we worship you Lord God we just our hearts and our, our minds don't Lord have the words that seem adequate to tell you how much we need you and how much we appreciate you God but we know that you know our heart and Lord when we just seek you earnestly when we seek you sincerely that Father God you are more than willing and more than ready to come and show up in our behalf Lord in our hearts and in our lives we thank you, Father God. We give you praise. We give you honor. We give you glory in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Once again, Brother 
Dennis, Sister Julie, thank you so much for what you do. I was reminded, was thinking, I do a lot of thinking. Of course, you sit on a lawnmower mowing dust. <laughs> it's pretty much what we did today, old leaves and stuff, getting things, trying to get them ready so the grass will grow. But I got to thinking, you know, in the Old Testament, it seems like every time God sent his people out on a conquest of some sort or another, he always sent the singers ahead of them. Did you ever notice that? He didn't sing his big, tough army guys. He didn't, and, and nothing wrong with big, tough army guys. Don't get me wrong. He didn't send the chariots. He didn't send those things. He sent the singers. And their orders, if I remember correctly, nearly in every time, they were to sing praises to God. How interesting it would be to find a nation that would have singers that would sing praise to God before they went to war. That actually meant what they were singing about. That actually understood what they were singing about. They had to know what they were singing about. And when they, as they sang praise to God, God would give the victory. When we come to this, it also helps us to get in, in the attitude of, of worshiping. It gets us in the attitude of, of attuning our hearts and kind of getting ourselves focused on God and to what He wants to say to us and how He wants to, to talk to us as individuals. I believe there's a lot of times ministers will minister the Word of God and it will touch one person in, in, in a particular way and it, that same message will touch somebody else in a totally different way, in a totally different manner because that's what they need, but that's the Word of God. It's live. It's powerful. He said, my, Jesus said, My words are spirit and they are life. And God is the only one. The Bible is the only book I know of that says you keep reading it and you keep reading it. And every time you read it, you're going to find something different. You're going to find something new. You're going to find something you didn't see before that will enable you to better serve the Lord our God. That's what it's all about. That's why we come. That's why we are here, to learn from His Word, to, 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 to uh, assemble ourselves together in fellowship. And because we, in fellowship, we share one another's burdens. We share one another's triumphs. We share one another's praises for what God has done. And that's why it's called that Jesus designed it that way. It's, and I don't mean, no, not mean any disrespect to God, but when Jesus built the church, the church is the original self-help group. Did you ever think about it that way? We are here to help each other. We are here to lift each other up. We are here to pray for one another. We are here to rejoice with one another. It is the ultimate. And to me, in my opinion, you can argue with me if you want to. If you do, you go talk to God about it. But in my opinion, the church is the original self-help group. And we're not helping, when I say self-help, I hope you understand. We always need God to do what needs done in our lives. You and I don't all have the answers, uh, and, but we need Him. But that's the whole thing. We can encourage each other in our worship. We can encourage each other in the God we serve, and we can grow and we can develop. So that little sermon did not cost you anything extra, okay? But it's, it's just good. When we stop and think, I, I was thinking about that. The worship is very the worship time is very important because it helps us to say, Okay, devil, shut up 
and go sit down somewhere because I've got that's time for me to focus my heart, to focus my attention on the God that I serve. And I, I'm, I'm just, and I'm not trying to make make anybody have a big head, but Sister Julie does that very excellent, excellently well. If I could spit it out, Miss Julie, but you do excellent job. And because, and I'll tell you why, because she prays about what she's doing every time, and we do appreciate it. All right, we want to go to the Lord in prayer uh, tonight. Remember all of these on our prayer list. Um, Sister Linda, how is Matt doing? No, she's coming along. She gets it. Haven't heard. So no news is good news. Everything's fine. <laughs> well, good. Uh, those of you that may not know, uh, Matt is uh, Sister Linda's granddaughter's husband. He is a police officer in Blanchard and got shot the other day. Uh, the good news is he got shot in the arm, but it just it. And I, I don't mean this lightly, but all it messed up was his bone. It didn't mess up the muscles or the tendons or anything around it. So that's a good thing, you know. Uh, good thing the the perpetrator wasn't that good at shooting. <laughs> Been nice for he didn't know how to shoot one at all. But anyway, uh, and you know when you think about this, you know, not just the him, but you know, law enforcement I think is under a tremendous burden as it is. They need the church's prayers. You know, are there bad ones? Yes, there's bad ones. But you know what? There's bad preachers. There's bad churches. But it doesn't mean that God doesn't care. God cares about all of it. So let's let's not forget to hold them up in prayer as well. Uh, continue member Sister Shauna. Uh, I think if I pronounce this right, Shauna, if you're listening, if I don't, forgive me. Keeney, I think is how you pronounce her last name. Uh, she's probably got about one more week, I think, before they... Hopefully, well, and she's, I'm sure, hoping, let me loose. I won't, <laughs> I won't out. <laughs> uh, she kind of has to be kind of at home for a couple of weeks, as I understand it. So we should continue to pray for her that Lord will just lift her up and strengthen and his healing touch will hurt, touch her and minister her and her husband, John, spirit, soul, and body. Also, Brother Merle uh, Callis' mom is not doing well at all. Uh, Brother Ron uh, sent a text asking, and as I understand it, she has to have help getting up out of bed, I guess, and she can't walk at all. And so it, it sounds, you know, it's got to be very, they think it may be the some of the medications that she's on, but and they're not sure. So let's just pray for her and I pray for, um, I'm not I know I've asked her name and I forgot <laughs> But let's remember uh, Merle's mom. Remember uh, Merle and Robin is, I'm sure, there helping, you know, uh, stay with her and, and be with her as much as he can. So just remember them. Just pray that God will just give the doctors and everybody some some divine wisdom so they know what to do and how to fix and how to change or and what to change and, and to take care of all that. And then she'll, she'll be back on her feet. She's a, very, she's a very quiet lady. And, and very, very nice and very sweet. So uh, just remember her in your prayers tonight. Might be that you'd have a need you'd like for us to pray with you about tonight as well. Yeah, Donna Phelps. Let's not forget her uh, in our prayers. Sister Carol? Thank the Lord. 
Yes. Good. Now, thank the Lord for that. She is being proud. If she's, I, what, what I know of Donna, I'm always, I always tease her every time she comes in the door um, because I like her so much. But uh, I can understand the impatient. She, she's getting better. If she's getting impatient, it, it's time to get, <laughs> get something done. And that's a good thing. Yeah, when they get, when they start, they say, I'm, I'm tired of being here. It's time to make a change, get something changed, and let's, let's get with the program. That, that's a good, it's a good thing. Even though it's discouraging, it's still a good thing. So continue to remember Sister Donna Phelps in your prayers. All right. Anyone else? Okay. One more time, if you will, stand with me, and let's take these needs and the remainder of this service to the Lord in prayer tonight, if you can, if you will. Father God, as we come to you again, we come to you, Lord God, because as you told Moses, when he asked, Who shall I say sent me? You told him, I am that I am. Father God, I believe a part of that and uh, most of that is entailed in the fact that you are everything that we need you to be, spirit, soul, and body. And I thank you, Father God, that you are the great I am, that there is nothing impossible with you. You are creator. You are God. You, you speak this, spoke this entire universe into existence, and it stays on its courses. And the, if there's, Lord, if there's multiple solar systems, whatever there are outside our ability to know, God, they are held by the word of your power. Lord, as you spoke them and you set the limits and you set how it would work and how it would operate, Father God, it continues to do so because you are a creator God. Father, we know that you're a healing God because your word says that you are the God who heals all of our diseases. And the Bible declares that Jesus bore stripes. Lord, for our healing, by his stripes, Lord, in Isaiah, you said, by his stripes we are we were healed. And then then Second Peter 2.24 says, By His stripes we are healed. And we thank you for that. Lord, I got it backwards. The, Isaiah says that we are. And then Peter says we were. And because we were, we can understand that we are healed by the stripes of Jesus. Father, we pray for these. Continue, Lord, to touch Matt Thurston and his family, Lord, and minister healing to them and, and speedy recovery, Lord God, and, and taking care, Lord, of all the home situations that, that are uh, involved in, in doing this. It can't be easy to, to have one arm that's not working like it's supposed to yet. But, Lord, our God, I just believe that you're well able to reach out and minister to them and touch them. Continue, Lord, to touch Sister Sean and we pray and lift her up and give her strength Father God that when she goes back to see the doctor for the checkup he will be able to say it's all well and good you can get out of your house you can do the things that you want to do and Father we just believe in you Lord that that healing is taking place uh, in her heart and life Lord continue touching uh, Sister Donna Phelps we pray Father God can thank you Lord for what we see happening oh God we thank you Lord for the improvement Father, that she's making in her, in, her, in her healing process. And Lord, God, just continue that. But also, Lord, lift up Holy Spirit, surround her, and envelop her with your presence that may, she may feel the joy of the Lord because that is our strength. Your word declares it to be so. And Father God, may the joy of the Lord just rise up within her and lift her up and strengthen and encourage her, Lord, uh, uh, as she continues to recover and as she continues to heal. 
Father God, guide and direct us in the remainder of this service as we study your word, Lord God. May you open our eyes and our ears. Help us to have ears that will hear, eyes that will see, but most of all, hearts that will understand and spirits that will be willing to say, Lord, here am I. Send me, use me, Lord, for your kingdom and your honor and your glory. Father, for all this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated this evening. Sister Sherry asked me what my title was. If I had one, I said simply patience. And everybody grinned and says, oh boy. <laughs> uh, the first thing I want to, to I got to look in at this word patience and uh, there is a concordance that I don't know how many pastors still use it or not. I've used it for most of my ministry when I was pastoring stuff. It's called a strong, exhaustive concordance. And it's a big old thick, uh, my wife calls my Bible the tome sometimes, but um, strong's exhaustive concordance is a tome. It lists every word in the King James Version of the Bible and the Hebrew or the Greek word that that closely matches to and sometimes you, they can use um, like the word love we we use the word love interchangeably with all kinds of stuff but in the greek there are uh, three or four different kinds of of, of uh, different words used to describe love one is eros which is where we get the word erotic from uh, another one is phileo which is a brotherly love um, then there is the, uh, I think it's the phileo love was the brotherly love. Uh, the other one is the agape that I can remember. I can't remember what the fourth one is, but agape. That's more the love that God has that God wants to help us have for those around us. But in the King James Version, it's all says love. <laughs> so sometimes you have to figure out what they're talking about. And the same thing is true with patience. I, you know, I just figured patience you mean the same thing. No. You go through the Greek, and there's three or four different definitions that they give depending on the word that they use. The one I want to uh, look at, uh, and I can't, I didn't, my, if I had my concordance with me, I, I could pull it up and try to tell you what the Greek word was, but I'm not good at Greek, so we'll pass that. But, huh? Do what? We'll skip it. Yeah, we'll skip it. This is not that important. If you study Greek, that, that that's one thing, but I, I don't know if there's any Greek scholars in here because I know I'm not one. <laughs> okay? But the, 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 the definition for the word patience, and it's the word that is most often used in the New Testament. Okay? I didn't get do a whole big intense study because the more I looked at that, I thought, boy, that's a pool and a half to jump into when <laughs> you start looking at that but in the new testament this is the main greek word that is most often used in the new testament for the word patience and the definition is a cheerful or hopeful endurance and everybody said yay <laughs> Why? We understand when the word endurance shows up, we start thinking, um, that means it's going to be a while. 
Endurance is not something that happens, and, and endurance is not an is not a uh, action that just happens here for a second and then and it's over with. It implies a long term thing. Okay, we think about endurance. Uh, probably Sister Tabitha can tell us. You know, when we do boot camp, I think they work on endurance. You know, I, was, I would guess, I was not in the military, but I would be willing to guess that a lot of boot camp training is endurance. And also learning to obey orders. Do what you're told, when you're told to do it, how you're told to do it, and where you were told to do it. I suspect. <laughs> and, and a little more. But they teach you endurance. Why? Because when they're going into battle, there are going to be times when they are not going to be able to, you know, drop back and take a day vacation. Does it sound like Christianity? There's not any vacation days. There's not a retirement from Christianity, in a sense. Let me kind of qualify that. There's no giving up between now and eternity. Now, the retirement, if, if you will call it that, when we get to heaven, is going to be well worth the time and the effort that it took to endure. Paul says, I am, he said, I, I am, how did he put it? He said, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present world are not worthy to be compared to the glory that will be revealed in us when we get to heaven. Heaven is the culmination of our salvation. We are saved when we make our, give our heart and life to Jesus. We're saved. We are born again. We're ready to, to work for God. We're ready to learn from Him. We're ready to grow and develop. It's not an overnight thing. It's not a day surgery when you go in and God just cuts you and, and then you can go out walking. You'll be all fine and well. No. Christianity is a lifelong experience. It is a lifelong growing process. And the culmination comes, is going to come, when Jesus comes back for His church. That's why sometimes when you read in the Bible, He said, they use that term that when He's coming, He said, then will our salvation be, well, it, it, He said it's nearer, sometimes He says it's nearer, than, but we're not there yet. Why? Because the, the translation or the catching away of the body of Christ into heaven to be with God, that is the culmination of our salvation. Then it will be fully and totally complete. There's nothing wrong with what it is now. You and I have everything we need to live. We have everything we need for life and godliness in God. There's no excuses. I'm not picking on you, but in the military, they provide you with nearly everything that you need to do the task that they're going to call you to do. Now, it may be driving a rough old truck, <laughs> you know, 
across. I know her happened to say a time or two uh, over in Iraq, I believe it was. Uh, she said, you drive and you just get your foot on the floor and you keep it there. And you, you, you know, you, you remember, most of you that are here tonight will remember, uh, we got a couple of young ones that won't remember this, but the little doggies they used to put in the back deck of the wind, of cars, and, you know, and his little head bounces all around when they're driving down the road. You know, it's like that. But they provided the stuff. They provided the uniforms. They provide the food. They provide the, the, the training for all that you need to do. God has done the same thing for us. We are not lacking anything in our warfare against Satan and, and his ability and his attempts to kill, steal, and destroy. Not only us, but our loved ones, those that we care about, family, friends, church family, whatever. It makes no difference. We are well equipped to have, we have what we need to fight the good fight of faith. Let's go back to this endurance for a minute. A cheerful or hopeful endurance. How you doing, brother? Well, uh, I'm making it. It's slow. It's one step at a time. And sometimes when I hear Christians say that, I really just want to. Brother Ron will understand this. Yellow mosquito. I'm going to have to explain it, I know. He sent me a deal. He said, next time you feel like slapping somebody, all you have to do is just smack them real hard, but then yell mosquito. <laughs> Don't listen to him, his wife says. <laughs> but the thing about it is, sometimes we can be... And I hopefully it's not us. Please, I, I really hope it's not. But we can be the saddest advertisement, if you will, for Christianity. It's almost, I know Brother, Brother Dodson did it this way, but it's that old hee-haw song, Gloom, Despair, and Agony on Me. Oh, life is tough. I'm sorry. Don't tell me how tough it is when you look at the men and the women of the Bible who have gone through things a lot tougher than you and I are going through today. And if they made it, then you and I have the ability and, the, and God has given us everything we need to make it. I don't know why I'm going this way, but without grumbling and without complaining. Because God is more than faithful to help us. Let's get to where we're going. Hebrew, uh, Romans chapter 5, verses 3 through 5. Actually, I'm going to start back, skip back to verse 1. I, I generally I start with this, and I get, let's just start where it starts. Now, Paul is talking about Abraham's faith in the very preceding chapters. He's talking about hope. Uh, and the whole fourth chapter of, of, Hebrew, of Romans talks about David and, and, and talks about Abraham and his faith. Uh, you know, he talks about that when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing he would become the father of many nations. 
Abraham was nearly 100 years old. His wife was 90 years old. God said, you're going to have a boy. Now, when God said that first time, Sarah laughed and going, yeah, right. I'm 90 years old. The factory's been shut down for a while. Okay? It's not going to, you know, and she laughed. But Abraham believed God for that and kept hoping for what God had promised. And as we know, the Bible says Isaac came along just like God said he would when God said he would. So he has that faith. He's fully convinced that God would do what he promised. Now, there's a sermon in and all of itself. How many of us as God's children, how many Christians today that read the Word of God, that read the promises? I remember my grandmother had a, a little, it looked like a, it was made to look like a loaf of bread, but it was a promise box. All the promises of God. But the, Paul tells us that, uh, that, that Abraham believed that whatever God had promised, he was going to do it. What about us? Are we as convinced of God's faithfulness to believe that what he has promised, that's what he's going to do? Not only is he going to do it, he is more than able to carry it out. If he can create an entire universe that spans light years. How many of you know what a light year is? Raise your hand. How many of you don't know what a light year is? A light year is the time it takes for light to travel for one year. Light travels at 186,000 miles an hour. A second, isn't it? Second. It's 186,000 miles a second. And from the time you see some of these starlights, it's been several, several, several light years away before. It, so when that light started, it took it however long for light to travel 186,000 miles a second for an entire year. It, you know, my brain just doesn't grab a hold of that at all. I'll just be that's a long ways out there. But he created it and he put it all in existence. So he can do that. And he talks about the fact that it was recorded for us that God counted Abraham righteous because he believed God. Okay? <clears throat> verse, chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, for by faith are you, grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves it is a gift of God, not of works, lest man should boast. For since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Verse 2, because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. It hadn't happened yet, but it's coming. Verse 3, we can rejoice too. All right, yay! We can rejoice. Until we see the rest of that. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. Oh yeah, and everybody jumped up and ran the aisles, right? Mm -mm. We don't like trials. We don't like problems. I want it my way. But that's a problem because if faith wants it another way, 
We just have to see, you know, maybe we have to have an arm wrestling match or something. No. What do we do? When we have trouble, how many times does the Bible tell us, church, that we in this world, you will have tribulation? Jesus said it. Now, was Jesus talking to us about it? He said there's going to be hard times. There's going to be difficult times. Life is going to occur. And sometimes it's not pleasant, and sometimes it's not fair. God never promised us that it would be fair. God never promised us that it would be pleasant. But He did promise I'm going to go through, through it with you. I'm right there. I'm right there. I'm right there. When it seems like he's not there, when it seems like you have to scratch the bottom just to look up, God is still there. Why is that important? That is the bedrock of our faith, that God himself is faithful to us. That God is the one carrying us. God is the one walking with us. God is the one guiding us, directing us, giving us understanding. If we seek Him, he, James says, if you got, do you lack wisdom? Ask of God because He gives literally and He don't chew you out for it. Now that's the Allen version. Okay? He said, He upbraideth not. Well, to me, upbraideth means somebody's getting chewed out for something. Okay? He said, if you lack wisdom, ask God. He gives freely. It's His good pleasure to bless His children. It is His good pleasure to give us wisdom and understanding. He said, all you got to do is ask for it. He'll give it to you. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. That word endurance in the King James is the word patience. Cheerful and hopeful endurance. Why? God is building character, not characters. Although I have seen some Christians that have been characters. But God is building in us. And I remember while I go, I talked about we grow. God is building us and molding us into men and women of character, of integrity, of good ethics, of a, of a good reputation. The one thing I want more than anything else for, for, my, for my kids is to have a good reputation. So far, they're doing okay with that. They have a good reputation among their co-workers. They have a good reputation among the people they're at church with. I've tried to instill that into them. And what I haven't, God's been able to do, take what I couldn't do and do it for me. But that's what we're doing. That's what's happening with us. It's still, it doesn't matter if you're, there's none of you in here this old, so every one of us are, are not exempt. There's not a one of us in here It's 150 years old yet. And it doesn't matter if you live to be 150, God is still developing character and endurance and faith in you and I. Sometimes, as I said, it's not pleasant, it's not, but it's endurance. 
Are we in it for the long haul? Are we determined to make it? We have to be. If we're not, God can't help us. But if I'm determined to make the, the lady with the issue of blood really speaks to me about this, I think, probably more than anything else. Here was a lady, 12 years, she's had a uh, hemorrhagic problem, I guess we could call it. No, it doesn't matter. It, she was bleeding. You know, she was hemorrhaging for 12 years. Church, that will leave your body wasted. What I understand and know about medical science and this, that would, lady was probably as weak as a kitten. But somehow, when you stop and think about it, somehow she, first of all, made up her mind, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. And somehow she willed herself to make it through that crowd to touch the hem of his garment. And the Bible says, that's endurance, church. There was a crowd around him. It wasn't just, he wasn't standing out there on the hillside all by himself. That meant easy. But there was a crowd. The Bible says there was a crowd. And she came up, from behind, to, um, came up behind him and touched him. And when she did, she got what she had said she would get. She endured till she got what she said, what she was asking for what she was looking for. He said, so endurance, verse 4, and endurance develops strength of character. You know, these are not always pleasant things, but that's what God is looking for. People that will stand true and stand firm. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation, and this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. So let's just tell me, God is telling me, hey, this patience thing is something we got to have. How many of you have been around church long enough you heard, don't ever pray for patience? <laughs> doesn't matter whether you pray for it or not, God is going to see that it happens in your life because he is building strength of character. He's building strong men and women. Now, what the world sees, and when they look at us, they may not see strong people, but it's from within, and that He enables us to have that from within ourselves. So that when the battles do come, we come out victorious. So that when the trials do come, we keep on plodding through it. If it is, even if it is one step at a time, we keep plodding through the thing. Because we can be like Jesus said, follow me and I will, I will see you on the other side. He told his disciples several times, go across the sea. Every time like the times they'd go, be it's bad news, bad storm, whatever. But Jesus had said, we're going to the other side. I'm going to meet you on the other side. That's our hope. Church, that's what we're living for. That's what we're striving to be is the, ex the most excellent child of God we know how to be. Amen. Hebrews chapter 10. This one's another lovely one. The writer of Hebrews in chapter 10, verse 36 says, Patient endurance is what you need now. 
You know, we think about it, and sometimes we do, we, we do laugh about it, but notice that he says, this is what you need now. How many times do you realize every time you read that verse, it is going to say, patient endurance is what you need now. It's never going to change. You can go back, go back there 20 years from now and read that verse, and it will say, what you need now is patient endurance. You can't get it on your own. It's part of the relationship with God. Because, and one of the things that we can do to help, in, help us with that hopeful, cheerful endurance is go back and look at the times that He's been with you and brought you through and brought you out and took care of and ministered to. And when you think about giving up, say, no, devil, I've gone too far. I, I, I'm going to put it to you this way. If you've made one step in your life and you've given your heart and life to Jesus Christ and you've made one step with him, you've gone too far to go back now. That song, Sister Julie, was that was terrific because I don't want to ever go back I need you more because I don't ever want to go back to my old life. It's not worth it. It's not worth it to turn around and be dragged back off into to sin, to be dragged back off into the devil's clutches and his captivity and his bondage. I don't have to because of what Jesus has done for me. One of the reasons, I wonder if maybe that's one of the reasons why Paul said, he said, I will glory in my weakness. For in my weakness, God is made strong. I know I'm enabled. I know there's things I'm incapable of doing. But when things occur and when things happen, I know it's not me, it was God. As terrible as Sister Linda's grandson-in-law, somebody called him. As it is, I wonder how, how rare it would be to be shot in the arm and the only thing that got hit was your bone. I'm sorry, you got muscles here, you got muscles here, you know, you got ligaments all over there, you got, you've got an artery running down through there. You don't think so? Don't you never touch your wrist, you got a, there's your heartbeat, there's an artery runs out your heart down through there. None of that got hit. How does that happen? God. How have you gotten out of some of the situations you've gotten out of or, or, or gone through and, and things have occurred and things have happened? It's God. If you're a child of God, it's for God. Well, it was the doctor. Well, the, thank God for the doctor because he, he gave him wisdom enough to know what to do. Hopefully. <laughs> I mean, I know there's, there's bad ones everywhere. But he said, patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Whose? God's. God's will. The writer of Hebrews says, then you will receive all that he has promised. Abraham believed that what God had promised he was well able to do. He received he became the father of uh, he became the father of many. One more. James chapter one verses two through four. 
Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Thanks, James. Why? Things are going to happen. The same things that happen to you and I happen to other people in the world. The same things that happen to us as Christians are happening to other Christians as well. Notice that he says, James looks at it this way. When troubles of any kind come your way, whether it's your fault. Sometimes, you know, a lot of, some, a lot of my troubles are my fault. You know, I, I stand up when Faith told me to sit down. <laughs> she didn't. But I've done stuff. I'll, I'll do something like and And the minute I do it, have you ever, you've done this? Hopefully, maybe. No, not hopefully. But I've done this. I've done something, and then for the, and the, the split second I do it, why in the world did I do that for? You know, it's kind of, I want to, you know, want to just kind of get out. I really want a mosquito me sometimes. Because I need it. It's like, what were you thinking? And sometimes my troubles are because of somebody else's doing. And sometimes our troubles are because the enemy hates us with a passion. If you and I are a child of God, we, he cannot stand us. <laughs> and we love it. Yes. Why? That's what God made us for. It's why the Apostle Paul in, in Romans says we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. Counted an opportunity for great joy when any troubles of any kind come your way. For you know that when your faith is tested, your, your endurance has a chance to grow. Sounds encouraging, right? But if it wasn't important, why did God write so much about it? Because when the world sees you and I go through the things they go through, and yet we still have hope in God. Look at Job for a minute in your minds. Those, hopefully all, most of you know the story of Job. As much heartache as that poor man endured, he never lost his confidence in God. With his three, quote, friends. Job really needed to mosquito those friends. He really did. I'm sorry. Not only that, he needed to mosquito his wife. Why don't you just curse God and die? You know, your life's just a miserable, you know, why in the world are you hanging around here for? And yet Job would never, the Bible says about Job, that he never sinned with his mouth. His confidence was in God. It's Job who said, though God slay me, yet will I trust him. It is Job who is recorded as saying, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He never lost his confidence. He endured to the end. And in the end, the last part of the book of Job tells us that he got double everything he lost. Why? Because he endured. 
how sad it would be to run this race of faith, to run this race set before us and five feet away from the finish line, give up and turn around and walk away. How sad. From my own standpoint, how stupid. Why would you turn from God? And trust me, the devil's getting people to do it. He's getting Christians to do it. All you have to do is go look and find some somewhere. But church, endure. Endure. Patience. Cheerful, hopeful endurance. He said, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Which means if I'm perfect and complete and need nothing, the devil better look out because every time he gets in my way, he's going to get hit. Not physically, but spiritually. It's a battlefield, brother, not a recreation room. It's a fight, not a game. So run if you want to, run if you will. But I came here to stay. I'm going to stay with God. Now, that's a chorus from a song back in the 70s. I didn't even know who wrote it. We had a lady uh, and her son would sing that. But, and and I, I'd sing you the tune. I'd have to stop and think about it. But that, that chorus, it's a battlefield, brother. It's not a recreation room. It's a fight and not a game. So run if you want to. Run if you will. But I came here to stay. I'm going to stick with him. I'm going to stick with the Father. I'm going to stick with the Son and the Holy Spirit because I need them every day of my life. And I am going to work on, I'll just be honest with you, I am going to work on my cheerful endurance. Okay? Because I get out on I-35, it kind of goes right out the window. Some of the stunts I see pulled, and it's like, where did you get your driver's license? Out of a Cracker Jack box? I'm working on it, okay? The Lord's working on it. I think that's what we really need to say. Lord, work on that. Okay, watch this. <laughs> but notice how important he says it is. Do we, do we understand? We talk about it. Sometimes we, we, we do make fun of it sometimes. But patience is the thing that God wants to develop in all of us. It was that same kind of patience. I don't know that Paul would say he had it in completeness at, the, at that point in time. But when him, he and Silas were in that Philippian jail, they had been beaten. They had been put in the innermost prison in stocks. Why? Because they delivered a young slave girl from the bondage of demon possession. They were doing God's work. They were doing God's will. Now maybe, and, and, and think about this, maybe the key to in hopeful and cheerful endurance starts when we start praying first. And then the song of praise comes. Because that's what the Bible says they did. Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And what happened? Philippian jailer and his family got saved. Who knows what can happen with you and I by being faithful, by being enduring. It, it's not always easy. 
It's not always easy, but it's endurance. But it builds strength. I like that 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 one there in in in, in Romans. He said it builds strength of character. Strength of character. It's important. You need it now. You're going to need it tomorrow. You're going to need it next month, next year, said the Lord Terry. You're in need of patient endurance now, but it will build strength of character. Every head bowed for a moment, please. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, I thank you that we can just get to the place where we will make up our mind. Father God, I am going to stick with you. And Lord, if the way gets tough, I'm just, if I have to crawl my way to you, I'm going to keep heading toward you. Thank you, Father God that you give us this word. I pray, Lord, that it's been an encouragement. Lord, because as we, we, we do go through things. We do have times and situations that are stressful, that are difficult to go through. But, Father God, we're going through them. We're going through them. There's, a, there's, a, there's the other side eventually. But what it takes is patient, cheerful, hopeful endurance. And I pray, Father God, that whatever situation each one of these people that are here tonight is, whatever situation those that may be watching by way of, of the Internet, Lord God, or by way of, of, of our live stream, whatever their circumstances is, help them, Lord, to make up their mind, I'm going to endure, I'm going to stay faithful to you and watch you come through in my behalf in behalf of those other lives that are affected by the circumstances that I'm in. I pray, Father God, that they will understand that and, and hopefully we've been able to help them to get a, a little glimpse of that tonight, Father. With every head bowed and every Christian praying for just a moment, if you're watching this tonight or watch this sometime in the future, the way to patient, hopeful, cheerful endurance, you've got to know Jesus first. There's no other way about it. You can't get there by yourself. You cannot go through enough self-help books and, and all of these other things out there and expect to find a cheerful, hopeful endurance. It's only through Jesus. Because Jesus is the way to the Father. Jesus said, no man comes up to the, unto the Father but by me. He said, I am the door to the sheepfold. No man comes in. They try to get in some other way. They're a thief. They're a robber. But Jesus came and gave his life. We celebrate Easter uh, and we celebrate the resurrection. Some of the Lord are calling it Resurrection Sunday just so people understand this is what we're celebrating. When Jesus rose from the dead. But what did he do? He came as a baby. He lived as a, as a human, any other human on the face of this earth, growing and developing. About 33 years of age, he gave his life on a cross of Calvary. He died. He gave up his life. They didn't take it from him. He gave it up so that you could know God, so that you could have a relationship with God through him and make as you make him Savior and Lord of your life. But he didn't stay in the tomb. They buried him. 
He didn't stay in the tomb. The Bible says on the third day, the Spirit of the Lord, the angel of God, removed the stone off of the tomb, and Jesus came out of that grave triumphant over death and hell. Who did he do it for? He did it for whosoever would believe on him, whosoever would call on his name, they would be saved. Let's pray this prayer together. For the, And if you're listening to this, pray this prayer with us and believe it in your heart. And we'll believe that God will touch you and minister to you right now. Father, in Jesus' name, would you join me and say this with me? Father, in Jesus' name, I come before you. Jesus, I need a Savior. My life is not what I want it to be. It's not what I thought it could be. It's not what I thought it should be. But Jesus, I believe you came to give me life and it more abundantly. Jesus, come into my heart. Wash me with your blood. Cleanse me. Purify me. Make me righteous in the sight of God Almighty. I believe that you came. I believe that you died. But I also believe you rose again to seal my salvation. And I accept you as Savior and Lord of my life. And I pray that yeah, I pray this in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer, tell somebody. Contact us here at the church. I think we, there's a phone number you can call or there's a, a, an email. Just let us know. And find yourself a church that will teach you the Word of God without compromise. Begin, get in. Start now. You don't have to come clean up your life. Don't misunderstand. The devil like it. Well, when you get it all cleaned up and you get your life all in order, you're not ever going to do it on your own. You're going to need Jesus to get with And when you start it out by making him Savior and Lord, he's going to help you clean up what needs to be cleaned up. And he'll start on